Welcome to this week's edition of the Sabbath School Cast, and my name is Norman Hurler. I'm coming to you from Avondale University and the Avondale College Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are looking at lesson number five in our quarter, which is all about finding rest in Christ. And I don't know about you, but that is something that I long for, that I love, and that I constantly journey towards, and a beautiful promise. So as we get into it, let's bow our heads and we'll say a word of prayer together. Lord, we thank you that we can come and journey through your word. We thank you that we can come and experience and find how we can enter into that rest that you promised to us. And in this week's lesson, we're looking at your words where you said, come to me. So Lord, we, we want to start by doing that. We come to you and we lay everything we're doing today at your feet. May your spirit lead and guide us and speak in and through us is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So the lesson invites us to read the context and where Jesus shared this in Matthew 11, verse 20 to 30. So I'm going to touch on there as we, by way of introduction, and it starts in verse 20. It starts this way. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins or turned to God. So Jesus here in his life and ministry is getting to a place where his popularity is really increasing. He has gone and done numerous miracles, healing people around the different towns and cities, both in Galilee, Samaria and Judea. And many haven't as records here haven't responded or confessed their sins or turned to God because of that. And so this is the context in which Jesus says these words. He pronounces a number of scary things for some of these towns. But then in verse 25, he says, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to be childlike. So Jesus is touching on a reality that feeds into the next part of what he says. One, people have not recognized who Jesus is and who God is because of Jesus and haven't responded to God. Two, they think they have it all together. They think they're wise. They think they know what they need. But rather, it seems like they're acting a bit like children. Then he says in verse 27, My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. And no one truly knows the father except the son. And those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus says, and he gives this beautiful invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this. It's a beautiful promise. It's a beautiful invitation. Come and find rest. But yet it seems to be a bit of a paradox because it says, come and find rest, but I will give you and my yoke that I give is easy to bear and it's light. So often when we think of rest, when we think of coming and finding freedom or rest from our stuff, 
removing anything that is a bit of a burden or a bit of a restraint. But Jesus says, no, 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 wait, wait. I want to give you rest, but I also want to exchange your burden, the heavy thing you're carrying, for a better reality. Something that I'm going to give you, but it is easy and it's light and it brings a different result. What is he talking about? What does he mean? This is going to be our discussion today and I'm excited to be sharing it with you. But first of all, let us just pause and embrace that beautiful invitation. Because I don't know about you, but looking at the different circumstances in our world, looking at the different realities in some of our families, in our workplaces, we rest. We need rest. We need peace. And the beautiful thing that this word declares to us is that it can be found. Many search their whole lives and long to find just some semblance of peace and rest and never do. But Jesus says here, you know what? You can find it and I'm offering it to you. It is what I can give. My four-year-old daughter, she is at that age where she's wanting to do everything herself. She's wanting to do whatever her older brother does. She's wanting to do everything that daddy and mommy can do. And she's finding more strength and confidence in who she is. And so she's exploring and doing many more things. The other day we were busy pruning some of the trees in the back of our yard and we're doing quite a large prune and so we're cutting off not just small sticks and twigs but big branches and they were falling to the ground. We invited the kids to come around and help clear the branches away and put them into the green bin and of course Ava went straight for the biggest branch, huge big branch that was quite heavy. And there she's struggling, straining to pick it up. And I said, hey, my darling, can daddy help you with that? No, 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 I'm gonna do it. I wanna do it. And so I stood back and stood by her side and let her give it a go, let her try. And she struggled and, and, and picked it up and then just managed to get it on over her shoulder, but she'd have to drag it because most of it extended way longer than um, what her body was. And so half of it was under her and then she tried to walk and she stumbled and fell and I quickly cat caught it and I was like, Ava, daddy help you. No, I want to do it. I want to do it. And no matter what I offered or tried, she persisted. Eventually, I had to say, Ava, let daddy do it with you. Let daddy help. And through tears, she eventually let me help and we got the branch over to where the green bin was and we could chop it up and get rid of it. But I just thought of Jesus' words here and his words about some of the towns that he had gone through, childlike, stubborn, resistant, believing and trying to do everything in their own will, their own power, even though it was obvious that they couldn't. And here Jesus says, I am offering you, extending you this rest. But so often we never experience or enter into the rest that God promises because we refuse to see our need. We refuse to see and embrace the reality that maybe we do need. Maybe I don't have it all together. Maybe I can't manage this all on my own. Maybe it is not about what I do that wins and gets me favor with God. Maybe I need to just surrender to Jesus, who he is, what he offers, and the invitation that he brings. Maybe I need to say, yes, Lord, I am in need. I'm a sinner. I struggle. I need you. Please help me. The invitation is there. Will you surrender? The interesting thing about Jesus' invitation, he says, Come to me, all who are burdened 
and I will give you. But the next part of that, he says, take my yoke. Doesn't that seem like a contradiction? Why would we give something only to take something else on? Doesn't that seem like adding more stress or more burden? Why doesn't Jesus just take it and that be that? What is interesting, the Bible often uses metaphors to help us understand and make sense of the realities in the kingdom of God. And here, I should have probably touched on this earlier, but one of the metaphors it uses is this metaphor of a yoke. Now, luckily, fortunately, I grew up in a farming community back in South Africa, and there were many times visited some of our friends who lived on farms where I got to see and experience this reality. Oxen were still connected together by a yoke, a heavy piece of wood that was strung across the back or the neck of the shoulders of the oxen to team them up all together so that the plow or the, the carriage or whatever it is, the burden they were carrying could be shared amongst all the oxen. But it was the yoke that the burden was placed on and the yoke then placed on the oxen's shoulders. And so here, this is the imagery that Jesus is leveraging, speaking to the community who would have been very familiar with that. And he's saying, take my yoke upon you. Now, another metaphor that he's leveraging here, the Bible uses a number of metaphors for sin. And in the New Testament, the most common metaphor for sin is missing the mark. And it's taken from archery, this archery term that yet, even though we try, we often miss the mark. We just don't hit the target. But in the Old Testament, the most common metaphor for sin is a heavy burden that we carry around with us that weighs us down, sometimes even crushes us because of the choices and decisions that we've made. And so sin leads to this yoke, this heavy burden in our lives that we then succumb to and are crushed by and carry around unnecessarily. And this is the imagery that Jesus is trying to leverage with a lot of the crowds around him who would have understood and known, one, the farming terminology, but two, the Old Testament context that sin leads to a heavy burden. And so he's just spoken about all these towns and cities who refuse to acknowledge this and so are not coming to Christ. And he says, no, but I want you to understand that you can find rest from your sin. You can find freedom from your sin. You can find healing from your sin if you will come to me. But first you need to recognize that you are a sinner in need of salvation. And he says, come to me and I will lighten your burden. I will take it away. I will free you from your shame. I will free you from your guilt. I will free you from the condemnation of your sin. It does not need to crush you and destroy you. But his invitation is take on my yoke. Take on my teaching. Take on my purpose. Take on my mission. Take on obedience to me. Rather than this being a heavy burden, it will lead to rest. It will lead to wholeness. It will lead to peace. It will lead to life. He's inviting us. Exchange your sin for hope, for life, for newness, for forgiveness. He carries on and it says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. What does this mean? And why does he put that as, I guess, the context to the invitation? Because here's what Jesus is wanting the crowd to appreciate that 
him as a master, if you will, him as a leader, him as a place that you can come and find refuge. He is compassionate, he is kind, he is gentle, and he is forgiving. And so he says, come to me who is gentle and lowly, who is meek, and come and place your burdens and take up what I give. Now, it's not only something that he extends and offers, it's something that he invites us to as well. The lesson refers us to Matthew 5 verse 5, where Jesus says about all those that are part of his kingdom or the values of his kingdom. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Whenever we think of that or in our context, gentle, lowly, meek, often we can be tempted to think that this person isn't really strong. This person isn't really confident. This person isn't really powerful or this person doesn't have what it takes to survive and bear the weight or carry whatever it is that I have. Here at College Church, we're currently doing a series called Kingdom Paradox, where we walking through and, and journeying through the Beatitudes, these very expressions that Jesus used as an inauguration of his kingdom when he stood on the mount there and spoke to the crowds. And one of the weeks was taken by Dr. Cale Duval, who is lectures here in our seminary at, on the university campus. And he unpacked this passage in Matthew 5 for us. But one of the, the take home was this reality. Meekness, as expressed in the Bible, is not weakness. Rather, we look at all those that demonstrated and lived out this characteristic of meekness. The whole idea that the Bible invites us to lean into is that meekness is not powerlessness or meekness is not weakness, but rather it is power under control. In other words, meekness is the ability, even someone who is in a position and place of power who has the power, meekness is the ability to posture or position yourself towards others in a way that is nurturing, healing, that is restoring, and that is safe for them because you control or limit your power to meet them where they are. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Come to me because I will meet you where you are. You don't need to be afraid or worried about what I'm going to do, but rather I am meek and lowly. I will restrain my power for your sake and meet you where you are. But then he says, but I want you to have that same posture. I want you to have that same position and, the, and posture in your own heart. How do you live out meekness towards others? And one way that this is often expressed is humility. Humility, which is a teachable spirit, a willingness to go, you know what? There is more I can learn. There is more I can understand. There is more that I need to know. And so I'm not going to think that I have it all together. I'm not going to come across as though I have it all together and you don't. But rather, I'm going to posture myself. I'm going to limit my power. And I'm going to be willing to learn and grow and understand you and meet you where you are. Meekness. So Jesus says, I'm safe to come to because I'm approachable. I'm meek. Then the invitation that follows after that is take on my yoke. Now, how does this all work? Why after Jesus says, give me your burdens, he then invites us to take on his yoke. The lesson refers us to the book of Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul kind of references this idea of freedom, 
This is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Freedom in Christ. Freedom that comes, or the rest, the peace that comes from Christ. And it says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So here's a number of ideas that are being thrown around there. One, we have been set free. But even after we have been set free, there is a risk. There is a challenge. There is something to look out for. And that is that we don't get tied up again and become slaves to something that is not going to be beneficial to us. Here in Galatians, Paul talks about the law, being a slave to the law. And this is interesting because often the law was connected to a yoke or was expressed as a yoke by the Jews. So he's saying, don't take on the yoke of the law. It will burden you. Rather live the freedom that is in Christ. But then he also says, and Paul says this in Romans, he says, sin is also can enslave us. Sin is a yoke. Just as Jesus leveraged that imagery when in Matthew 11, we are saved and set free by Christ. Let us not go back to sin and the slavery that sin often leads to. And so Paul says that in Romans 6, he says, either we are slaves to sin or we are slaves to righteousness. Now, what does that mean? So the freedom that the Bible invites us to and the freedom that I think Jesus speaks of here, the peace and the rest that he speaks of here is not freedom from any restraint. It's not freedom from any law or is not freedom from any commands or obedience, but rather freedom to choose who our master is. Freedom to choose. Are we going to attach ourselves or become yoked to sin or the law, working our way to salvation or to pleasure, whatever it may be, what are we going to attach ourselves to? Or are we going to attach ourselves to Christ? Are we going to attach ourselves to righteousness and live under the obedience and the commands? Follow that master. And so the freedom that we're invited to in the Bible is to choose who our master is going to be. And this is why Jesus also says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I'm a safe master. But all these other masters like the law and sin and whatever else you want to choose, they are not going to be as kind to you as I am. They're not going to be as gracious to you as I am. They're not going to be as merciful to you as I am. I am caring, benevolent master. Therefore, take on my yoke. It is easy. It is light. It leads to life. It leads to hope. What a beautiful promise. And what an awesome reality. Christ offers us freedom from the burden, the crushing weight of sin, shame, and condemnation, and invites us to take on his burden, which is meekness, and which is love, which is joy, peace, hope, kindness, patience, and to extend that to the world around us. He invites us to live under the guide and the obedience to all he has taught and all he has revealed so that we can stay free in him and not tie ourselves to things that will crush us and destroy us and only bring us pain. The freedom we have in Christ is to choose who our master will. There's an interesting verse that our lesson also brings out, and that is Galatians chapter 2, where it uses this word burden in a different context. 
And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, sorry, chapter 6, we read this. And I'm going to read up until verse 5. And it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. So here we have the context of these words are again in the context of sin. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. There we have that word again. Share each other's burdens and in the same way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Or as other translations say, we each need to bear our own load. So here's this instruction. Paul says, bear each other's burdens, but each carry their own load. What does he mean? How does this relate? One, I love how it's consistent, the Bible, in linking these words and concepts together. Paul's talking here about sin and how we can help those that are struggling with temptation or have succumbed or experiencing the negative consequences of sin in their life. It says, this is what the church exists for. Let's get around. Let's support each other. Let's help each other. Let's share each other's burdens. And while we do this, we need to also understand that even though we can help lighten other people's burdens, it is not our responsibility to carry their load. It is not our responsibility to solve it or fix it for them. It's the difference, the tension between loving someone and taking on their stuff. Loving someone and be helping someone or enabling someone and then becoming dependent on you. Rather, Jesus is saying, that is why I came. I came that people can give their burdens and give their load over to me, can place the consequence and the condemnation of their sin on me. But my community of people exists to help lighten the load, lighten the burden by sharing with each other. But each person needs to be responsible for their own choices. Each person needs to be responsible for their own load. Each person needs to walk their own journey. What this invites us into is one, again, seeing this relationship between sin and heavy burdens, but two, helping us draw good boundaries and being responsible about how we help and how we serve our church family and the others around us. Our role as a community of faith, as those that live like Jesus in this world, is to help lighten the burden of those around, those who are struggling with sin or feeling the weightedness of sin in their lives. But ultimately, our job is to lead them to Jesus, because Jesus is the one who can carry their load and fully lighten their load so that they can experience the rest and peace that comes from him. It is not our responsibility to do that. Rather, it is our responsibility to nurture them and bring them to Jesus. So church family, as we embrace this promise that Jesus gives, as we look at how we step it out and walk it out in our lives, may we come to see that we need a savior. We need someone that can help us with our sin, our shame, our guilt, and our condemnation. That is not something we can deal with on our own. Rather, we need 
Jesus. And he says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will free you from that burden of condemnation and shame. But then he says, take up my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me be your master. Let me be your teacher. Attach yourself to me because I'm the one that will lead you to life, healing and wholeness. And as you live as people in my name, support and care for each other. But don't take on what was never yours to take on. Rather, bring people to me. It is only in me, only in Jesus, that they will find that true healing and rest and restoration for their souls. So support one another. Support them in coming to Christ. Because he is the one that can truly give them rest. May you in this week come to Jesus, follow and live in his teaching, obey and attach yourself to him because he is the place and he is the one who can bring true rest, true purpose and true restoration for our souls. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you give this promise. We thank you that you give us a way and a solution to our predicament and we thank you that you ease our load and our burden. And thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me, church family, and look forward to chatting with you again sometime. But have a blessed Sabbath.